You are listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Celebrity, where we're taking a look at who Jesus is today and how he gives us instant access to where we don't belong. We, we love to imitate greatness, you know, standing in the Hall of Fame. We love to imitate greatness. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. Let's, let's, let's dig deep into your childhood, okay? All right, let's dig deep into your childhood. Uh, all you psychology majors, you're going to like this. Um, you're going to be able to profile all of us by, uh, by, by this. So you've got your, you've got your ready? You, you've taken notes? Okay, all right. So um, let's dig deep into our childhood. When, when you were a child, when you were a child, now I'm, I'm saying that because, uh, you know, you can actually say something that you want now and, you know, I've already prefaced it with child, so, you know, you're safe, you're safe. When you were a child... What celebrity did you want to imitate? What celebrity did you want to imitate? Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that celebrity crush you had as a child, all right? You didn't want to imitate them. You wanted to do other things, but you didn't want to imitate them. Did I just say that? Oops, sorry. Uh, What childhood, or what celebrity in your childhood did you want to imitate? Shirley Temple. All right, all right. Jared, does that say anything? Does that say anything? You got you getting anything yet? All right. Gerald, Jared's a third and fourth grade counselor, so he's got the psychology background. Uh, so just just to warn you, just to warn you. Audrey Hepburn. What? Betty Grable. All right. So, some of you need to Google that. Dave. I, I'll give you two guesses, but you only need one. All right. <laughs> Who did you want to imitate as a, as a child? Han Solo. We love to imitate greatness. There's something in us that wants to imitate greatness. My, uh, before I, I, I dove headlong into soccer in high school, I I did baseball and, and, and uh, being a Royals fan in the uh, late 80s and early 90s, I want to imitate George Brett. George Brett, he had a, he had a very distinct batting style uh, and uh, I, wanted, I wanted to imitate him. And then again, in the, in the later 90s, in the later 90s, a, a company formed an entire campaign around one phrase and one Superstar. Which was it? What, what was the phrase? Be like Mike. That was, the, that, was their, that was their motto, but be like Mike was the phrase, right? Buy these tennis shoes. They had the commercials. They had the commercials. If you buy these tennis shoes, anybody can be like Mike. I'm a 5'9 white guy. I ain't being like Mike. Well, I'm still a 5'9 white guy, but I'm 5'9, and I didn't shoot a thousand balls a day. So, if I buy shoes, if I buy Air Jordans, and I put Air Jordans on, I am only going to be a shadow of Mike, Michael Jordan, a white shadow of Michael Jordan. Big, major league, white shadow of Michael Jordan. It's just not going to work. 
I might be able to imitate him on the outside, but that's as far as it goes. God designed us to imitate greatness. We're in a series called Celebrity, and, and we're taking a look at, at greatness in our society, the, the rock stars, the, the sports stars, the movie stars, the superstars in our society, and, and comparing them with Jesus. You're like, hold on a minute. Like, what? How, where are you going with it? There's a writer in the New Testament that did this, the same exact thing. Same exact thing. Now, the rock stars were different. They were spiritual rock stars. But he did the same exact thing. The writer of Hebrews took rock stars to these religious people, Abraham, Moses, angels, and compared them to Jesus. It said Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than all of them. That's why we're doing the same thing. I mean, Abraham and Moses, I mean, most of us are spiritual. Most of us have some sort of religious background. So you're like, yeah, those guys are cool and everything. But, but really, the, the greatness in our society... Greatness in our society are, are, are superstars. We're taking a look at them and, 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 and at how Jesus is greater. In the same way that we take a look and, and see that, 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 that celebrities are greater and how we elevate them, in the same way, Jesus is greater in all of those same ways. And, and God puts something inside of us to imitate greatness. To imitate greatness. But if we imitate greatness on the outside, it's merely a shadow of greatness. We can do the same exact thing with God as well. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 8 and, and starting in verse 1. We're going, to, we're going to throw up the verses on the screen. You can follow along the hardbound Bible. We really encourage you to, to, to uh, uh, download the Bible app. You can find it at App Store or, or Play Store and and to download the Bible app or, or Wi-Fi code just to make sure you know it is here to serve. No spaces, no dashes, no nothing. Here to serve. Crosspoint Fellowship is the name of the wireless if you are wondering. So Crosspoint or Bears? Crosspoint, it's Crosspoint. Bears you can get on too, but it'll work. I highly encourage you to download the Bible app. You can follow along, but uh, use that to, to read uh, the Bible as, as well. Hebrews Chapter 8, verse 1. How are we supposed to imitate greatness? If we're supposed to imitate greatness, if God put that inside of us, how are we supposed to do that? Here is the main point. Writers say, here's the main point. Hebrews 1 through 7, all of what I've already said, here is the main point. All these previous sermons, here is the main point. We have a high priest, capitalized H, capitalized P, who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. There, he ministers, Jesus ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. This is vital. This is the foundation to where we're going. Jesus is the high priest who, who ministers in the real tabernacle. It's the tabernacle that is heaven. Okay? Humans did not make heaven. Newsflash, right? We're getting deep here, okay? Follow with me. Humans didn't, didn't make heaven. God made heaven, and that is the true place of worship. And Jesus is the one that presides over the true place of worship. This is vital. Capture this. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, earthly high priest, so he brings animals, right? Our high priest, capital H, capital P, Jesus, 
must make an offering too. What was his offering? Himself, right? Yeah, himself. So he's on a completely different playing field than, than the earthly high priests. And he wasn't, he, 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 it goes on, if he were here on earth, Jesus, Jesus would not even be a priest since there already are priests who offer the gifts required by the law. And when Jesus came and lived, he, he wasn't in the line of the priest. He, he didn't claim to be a priest. He wasn't a priest. However, he did give evidence to his heavenly priestliness. But when he came down here on earth, he wasn't a priest on earth. He's a carpenter. Carpenter. They serve in a system... Sorry, since there are already priests who offer the gifts required by law, they, the earthly priests, this is the vital sentence here, the earthly priests serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on this mountain. But now Jesus, our high priest, has given us a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates. He goes between, for us, a far better covenant with God, based on better promises. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. So we've got new covenant, old covenant, first, second, first covenant, second covenant, Jesus and high, heaven and earthly high priest. Like, Woo, what's going on here? Okay, here, 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 here. When God gave Moses on the mountain the Ten Commandments and all the instruction on how to build the tabernacle and all the laws, all the laws, everything was merely a shadow of what was in heaven. Just a shadow, just a copy. Now let's talk about shadows for just a moment. Shadows. Everybody's got one, right? Light is shining on you, you've got a shadow. If not... Yes, you got serious issues. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say if you don't have a shadow, but everybody's got a shadow. Are shadows real? Yes, they're not a figment of our imaginations. Shadows are real. But are they the real thing? No, they're not the real thing. They can show us the real thing. For most of us, the, those closest to us, if we just saw a shadow of them or the silhouette of them, we'd probably be able to Say, oh, that's Fred. They're not the real thing. But we can see the real thing through a shadow. And see, what ended up happening, this is what Jesus dealt with and Jesus fought with. What ended up happening is that the religious people, the God's people took the law and they actually became, be, began chasing the law or chasing the shadow the copy now the law was real the law showed us the real thing but it was just a shadow it was just a copy so so when the religious people when God's people started chasing the shadow they were putting the imitation on the outside they're just dressing up like it. 
So this is, the, this is the main battle that Jesus had with the religious leaders, that they were chasing a shadow. They had put on the law on the outside just to make themselves look good, and then they thought that God had, had liked them because they put the shadow on. They were chasing the shadow. And so when we chase the shadow, what do we do? We, we try and build a, build a wall around the shadow. If we try and build a wall around the shadow and hem the shadow in, what happens? The shadow moves. And you don't have the shadow anymore. Or you, you build a wall, you find the shadow, and you get in the shadow, and you, okay, perfect. And you build a wall around yourself like I'm never moving. And you put your own rules and regulations around yourself in order to build a wall around yourself. And, and, and you're like, I'm, I found the shadow. I'm right here. I'm going to stay in the shadow. And I'm going to build a wall around the shadow. I'm going to put all these rules and regulations around myself. And, and, and I'm going to stay in the shadow. And then you realize the shadow moves. You're like, I can't move because I just restrained myself to right here. And when we chase the shadow, we imitate the shadow. The thing that's real, but not the real thing. And even though we don't have the law and we don't sacrifice today, we still do this today, right? Just take this for instance. Church. Church attendance. And going to church. And, and worshiping. Now, worship is a real thing. We, 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 we just read that, that the real worship is in heaven. And so this is a shadow of the real worship in heaven. Revelation 7, it says that real worship in heaven is going to be loud. It's going to be raucous. Every nation on earth, every tongue on earth is going to, is going to, is going to be represented there. Excuse me? Represented there. Well, this is, this is just a shadow of what we're going to experience in heaven. Now, what ends up happening is that if we chase church attendance and worship and, and think that this is the shadow and think, if all, all I have to do is show up to church and everything's going to be good, me and God are going to be tight and everything's, everything's good and I'm going to worship and I'm going to raise my hand and clap and, and everything and it's just going to be outside and we chase the shadow... We, we end up imitating the shadow. It's like me putting on Air Jordans and thinking I can dunk the ball. It's not the imitation that God wanted. But take the teaching, this teaching. Week in and week out, I'm, 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 I'm more and more and more reminded that the words that I say is a mere shadow of the real God. Are the words that I say real? Are they truthful? I hope so. But are they the real thing? Are they, are they really conveying God the way that, 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 that He deserves to be, be portrayed in heaven? Well, not completely. It's a mere shadow. So if I or if we get, get, get everything wrapped up into, into the worship, into the words, and, and, and all of this, and it's all about this, then we're just going to imitate a shadow. And we're going to try and grab a shadow and catch a shadow. And I don't know if you've tried to catch a shadow before, but it's a little bit difficult to do. Right? Or morality. Just 
I'm going to just kind of put on morality. I'm going to look good. But we're imitating a shadow of, of what God wants. Eventually, you dress up poop long enough, it's going to stink. Eventually, you'll get found out that all you've done is transform on the outside. That's it. When we chase shadows, all we do is end up imitating God on the outside. That's the flaw of the law. Didn't necessarily intend that, but it works. That's the flaw of the law that when God gave the law, what ended up happening is that they chased after the law, the shadow, and not the real thing that cast the shadow. So if that's not the imitation, what's the imitation? What, what is the imitation that, that, that God wants for our life? What's, what's, the, what's the imitation, the imitation of greatness that God wants? He's put it in us to imitate greatness. What is it? Hebrews 8.8 8. But when the Lord found fault with the people, when, 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 when the people walked away from Him, when the, when the Old Testament people, when the, God's people walked away from Him, now what the writer of Hebrews does now is he quotes the Old Testament. You can see it on, on the board uh, with the quotations. You can see it better in a, in a hardbound Bible or the Bible app uh, that this is actually a quotation from the Old Testament, an Old Testament prophet. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. He's pointing forward to this new covenant. This Old Testament prophet wrote this. He said this. He's pointing forward to this new covenant. Five, six, seven hundred years before the new covenant even came. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. It's not going to be like the one I gave to Moses. When, 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 when I did the Red Sea thing and they, I took Moses up on the mountain and gave him the Ten Commandments and gave him, gave him the law and gave him the tabernacle. It's not going to be like this one. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them, says the Lord. This, this is when they went into exile, when, when, when Nebuchadnezzar came and took over the, the people of God. And guys like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into Babylon because they were exiles. But, but, this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day. That day. That day that's five, six, seven hundred years from now. On that day. I'm preparing you for that day when this new covenant occurs. This is the, this is the, this is the vital. This is it right here. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them, my laws, on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone, from the least to the greatest, will know me already. When I train goalkeepers, soccer goalkeepers, I don't want a goalkeeper that's going to just show up and go through the motions of practice. I don't want a goalkeeper that's going to get up, show up, and go through the motions of practice. 
Because that just tells me he just wants to be a goalkeeper on the outside. He wants to put the gloves on. He wants to stand in front of the goal. And he wants the applause of making a good save. But you know what? He's going to be the goat. So he ain't going to be a goalkeeper. When I train goalkeepers, I do it in two ways. Repetition and intensity. Repetition and intensity. I want them to think and act like a goalkeeper. I want their minds and I want their hearts to be transformed. I don't want them standing in front of a goal. I want them to be goalkeepers. It doesn't take shoes for me to be like Mike. It takes his DNA to be like Mike. It takes what makes Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, inside of me to be like Mike. Now, that is a little bit weird to think about. To be like, I need his DNA in order to be like him, and if that could actually happen, and, you know, uh, weird. But, this is what God says about himself and about us. I will put my law in your mind. I will put my law in your heart. Your mind, your seat of wisdom, your seat of decision making, your heart, your seat of passion, intensity, impulse. I want to make your mind, your decision making, your wisdom the same as mine. And I want to make your heart, your intensity, your passion, just like mine. I want to make your impulses just like mine. I don't know about you, but my mind doesn't always think like God's. And the impulses of my heart aren't always like God's. Now, my hope is, and I believe that my mind and my heart are more like God's today than they were five years ago and ten years ago. But my mind and my heart has issues. Issues imitating God. And all of us have been there. All of us. And no matter where you are in this journey, if you've been a follower of Christ for decades, or if you're just checking this thing out for the first time, or again, or whatever, it doesn't matter what you did last week, Last night, right now, doesn't matter what your mind's thinking about right now, doesn't matter what your heart is impulsing about right now, he wants to make your mind and your heart to follow his laws. Now maybe some of you are like, okay, that's it, that's it right there. That's, see, 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 that's, that's it, that's it, that, God's law. You want to tell me what to do? You want to tell me how to act? And God wants to tell me how to act? And that's, that, that's it. I thought you were cool. Ugh. Wow. So, ugh. ruin all my fun. Let's, let's talk about fun for just a moment. Let's talk about fun. 
when is it for you the fun ran out? The fun of sin ran out because it runs out. I call it the morning after. The time that you go, what did I do? And maybe it's not really the morning after. Maybe, maybe it's, it's five minutes after. Maybe it's lying next to them going, is she going to leave me? Is she going to leave me? See, that, that's when the fun ran out. You may not know it. You may, may not recognize it. You may not, never have been, have been taught that or told that and you didn't know what was going on, but that's when the fun ran out. What is her last name anyway? It's when the fun ran out. It's been two weeks since my last period. When, so when the fun ran out, you turn off the computer and wonder, why did I do that again? That's when the fun ran out. When, when, when you broke relationships because you lied about them, that's when the fun ran out. When you ruined your scholastic career because you cheated on the test, that's when the fun ran out. See, the fun of sin runs out. But God's law brings joy and peace and freedom. Let's talk about freedom for a second. Freedom isn't doing whatever you want. Freedom is doing is, is, is whatever you do. You don't end up back in slavery because of it. That's freedom. That's freedom. Peace. God's law brings peace. There's no morning afters with God's law. Church, if we are doing God's law and we have... Uh, let me just say it, bitter beer face while doing it. We're doing God's law wrong. Jesus said that His word, His commands bring joy. So if we're doing it, well, I'm just going to... We're doing it wrong, according to Jesus. Because His law, His commands bring joy and peace and freedom. And those of you that are struggling with the whole church and Jesus concept... And, and the law is right in the middle of that, right? When does the fun run out when we just do what, whatever we want, whatever impulse comes to our heart? What, when does the fun run out? See, that's when we've lost our freedom and peace and joy and hope. That's when we've lost all of that. But see, God wants to hardwire, re-hardwire our heart and our mind with the wisdom and decision-making and the impulses of Him so that we always chase after joy. We always chase after freedom. We always chase after peace. We always chase after hope. Always. 
That's what God wants for each and every one of us. It doesn't matter where, where, what we're sitting there in, whatever, whatever chaos we're sitting in, whatever despair we're sitting in, whatever, whatever, whatever uh, 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 slavery we're sitting in because of our own choices. It doesn't matter where you're sitting right now. God, the message of the gospel, the good news is that Jesus died. He, cre- he made that sacrifice so that... He'll wire himself into us. Let's talk about the law further. The law is God's perfect righteousness. The law is God saying, hey, if I were to live here on earth, this is what it would look like for me to live here on earth. And he did that, didn't he? In Jesus. And so really God's saying, I want to wire your mind and your heart with my law. Is saying, I want to wire, hardwire your heart and your mind with Jesus. You can call it a heart wiring. Circumventing the system, the broken system that we are born into. Heart, uh, or, or circumventing that system and hardwiring Jesus, hotwiring Jesus into us. Into us. That's transformation. An unholy person, an unholy person cannot meet a holy God and not change. Not change. Let's talk about something else real quick. And some of you picked up on this. You're like, whoa, 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 what about this teaching? Not, not having to teach your neighbor thing and not having to teach your family member thing. And how about all that? And like, I, like, I kind of like that because that means I don't have to show up and hear you. Let's talk about that. Why do we even need to go to church if God said, I'm going to teach you? Let's talk about that. First of all, Old Testament system is this. God spoke to the priests and priests spoke to the people. That's how God did it. Now, <clears throat> anytime priests think that they have all the power of the spiritu- spirituality, it gets corrupt, doesn't it? That's what happened in the Old Testament. So all God is saying is this, that every person, every person will have direct access to me. You won't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through now a pastor. You don't, have to, you don't have to go through anybody else. I will directly speak to you. This is the good news. This is another piece of the good news. You don't need me to speak to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, think about this, right? In order to have your quiet time, you'd need me. Ha! Ugh. I mean, some of you do it in the morning and just that would just, no. Get some clothes on, right? Like, come on. Like, get some coffee in you. Like, like you don't want... No, no, no. You don't need me. You don't need me. That's what this is saying. From the least to the greatest. Male, female, young, old, top of the society, bottom of the society, doesn't matter. Been to seminary, not been to seminary. Been to church, not been to church. Doesn't matter. Directly, God wants to speak to you. That's what he's talking about. And so we do this as simply as saying, look, 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 look. This is a shadow. This is a shadow. It's real, but it's just a shadow. What we're doing is we're chasing after the real Jesus, the, 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 the one that is casting his shadow onto us. 
And, 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 as we do this, as we do this, this is actually probably more important than the first, as we do this, as we are worshiping the, the real thing, we are inviting those who are not underneath the shadow of Jesus to participate with us. Participate may just be showing up and sitting here and going, these people are weird, but there's something about this thing. And going, I don't know what's going on here. There's something. So what does a shadow give on a hot day? And the pressures of life are bearing down on us like sun in July in a hot, steamy Missouri summer. What does a shadow give? Man, from this perspective, it gives shade. Shade. Sunscreen. Don't need sunscreen. And and, and, and keeps us from getting burned. Right? Gives us a cooling. That's what a shadow does, right? It's refuge. All we want to do is pull people in that are not underneath the shadow to find the refuge of God through the burning sun of this world. And we want to do it in such a way, in such a way. This is why we do the th the, 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 this the way we do it. In such a way that when non-fans, those that are just checking this thing out for the first time or again or whatever, that, that when they show up, when, when you come, when, when you show up, and you're like, ah, well, this is something interesting, that you go back and, 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 and tell your buddies are going, no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know, I know what you experienced in the past or whatever, what you think about church and blah, blah, blah. But you've got to come and see what's going on because there is a refuge, there is a shadow. I don't get it totally, but you've got to come. Do, you just got to come. It's what we want. It's what we want. That's why we do this right here. The way we do it right here. So that we can pull people in who need a refuge from the hot sun of this world that simply wants to burn us up. Well, we've talked about it already. We're not in the likeness of God, right? Well, let me, hold on. We are. God put that in us. And that's why we have this heart desire to be like greatness. But we've broken it. We've all broken it. We've all broken God's image. And he said that he wants to give us his image, but we still are just like, ah, I'm not worthy. I, I, I'm not right. It's not, he can, he can give it to me, but there's still something that's not right about me. And we as broken people get the likeness of God. Hebrews 8.12 And I will forgive their weakness. I will rem never again remember their sins. That's where it starts. Forgiveness. And forgiveness and healing are, are two interchangeable concepts. And Jesus taught us that. Remember from Sunday school, the, 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 the four guys that dug through the roof and lowered their crippled guy in front of Jesus. And, and Jesus standing there and the crippled guy is, is laying there on his mat. And Jesus is you know, like, bravo, you know, man. Wow. And what does he say to the guy first? 
your sins are forgiven. Everybody's <laughs> like, dude, it's kind of anticlimactic there. He's still laying on the mat. Like, man, like, awesome. Jesus, good. Like, wow. And then other people are like, hey, wait a minute. Only God can forgive sins. What are you saying about yourself? And then Jesus goes, all right, so you're not impressed with that. Why don't you get up and walk? Then everybody's like, ah! Here's what Jesus is doing. He's telling them, forgiveness and healing are the same thing. We can get a healing physically, but, but, but forgiveness is healing spiritually. Healing of our soul. What we break and can't fix, that part inside of us that we break and can't fix and we know it, God fixes that through forgiveness. He'll never again remember their sins, our sins. Never again. Never again. The stuff you can't forgive yourself about. That stuff that you can't forget. And we're human. We'll never forget that. But God forgives us and never remembers them anymore. God will be merciful and show us our and remember our sins no more. This is, this is how it starts. We, we have this brokenness. He, he forgives and heals us of this brokenness. And then he hardwires Jesus into us so that we can actually live out the decision-making and impulses of God. That's the new covenant. <laughs> and that's a better promise than just chasing after a bunch of rules and regulations. Because if we hear and follow Jesus, that's a, that's a phrase, right? Hear and follow Jesus. If we hear and follow Jesus, he will never lead us away from the law, right? We, we, this debate will never happen if we're hearing and following Jesus. Should I divorce her or not? No, that debate will never happen. We'll just figure out how to make your marriage better. We want to heal marriages because Jesus wants to heal, right? Should I look at porn or not? It's never a discussion if we're here and following Jesus. Now our flesh, what is our flesh going to say? Huh? Should I gossip about them or not? It's never going to be, a, we know the answer to that if we're hearing and following Jesus. Should I cheat on the test or I steal? Should I, we're, we're never going to have that discussion. We know the answer to that if we're hearing and following Jesus. Now if we do go down that road, what does Jesus promise? Healing. 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 Lead us right into the law if we hear and follow him. But we don't chase after the shadow. We stand in the middle of the shadow chasing after the one that made the shadow. That's the question today. Would you rather chase after the shadow? Or chase after the one that makes the shadow? For those of you that have come in and, and, and still just mm, don't know about this Jesus thing, this church thing, but, but something connects, something connects, something connects about, about this whole being made in God's image thing. I'm going to be back in the back. Shelly's going to be back in the back. We do that to make it safe for you to come back and talk with us and pray with us. We, we want healing to come to you. Those of you that, that this forgiveness thing and this image thing, I mean, I mean, you know, imperfectly, but, but it's something that, 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 that you've got, that you've got, that you've got, that you're trying, you're trying to look at Jesus and trying to look at the real thing. This worship song is simply for you to look at the real thing and worship the real thing. Stand in his shadow. 
find refuge from the hot blazing sun and worship the real thing. That's what this song is for. Do we want to chase after shadows? Or do we want to chase after the real thing? That's the question. Let's pray. Hey, Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. I thank you for how you're working in people's hearts even right now, even though nobody else knows. Lord, I just pray that every one of us just want, wants the real thing and not the shadow of the real thing. I pray that you will just move us to see you work in forgiveness and healing. See you work in rewiring our minds and our hearts with you. Do your miraculous work in this time. It's your name that I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. You can find us on the web at cpf.me.